Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, God bless you. God bless you. We're grateful to the Lord uh, for all things, and we can't thank him enough. God is a good God, and he's worthy to be uh, praise. I want to talk to you just today, just for a little while, the Lord's will. I don't know how, we, how we're going to go, but I thank God how I feel. I feel real good in my spirit. Uh, using for a subject matter, uh, we do have an enemy, and we need to remember that. That's my subject. We do have an enemy, and it's very, very important that uh, we remember that. Uh, living in this world, this day and time, it's very, very important that you understand that we have an enemy uh, and we need to remember it. And also we have help too. not just knowing we have an enemy. We got help and we're going to talk about the enemy that we uh, that have we have and the help that God Almighty has given us. So I want to go to the book of Job, Job, the uh, uh, first chapter, very interesting book. Job was a unique man. He, he suffered a lot went through a lot in life. I've learned all of my studies, and the more I look at the Word of God, and the more I look at how the devil uh, come after God's people, uh, I understand, I'm understanding more and more his tactics. The devil loves to work with us and come at us, and he, he takes opportunity in, uh, uh, of, of things that we are going through in life, especially suffering. The devil works through suffering. He very much like God. You remember Jesus Christ came and he suffered for us and look at the victory and look at the results of him suffering. The devil used suffering to torment the people of God. He used suffering to destroy the people of God. Uh, he, he also sometimes used uh, prosperity to destroy the people of God. Uh, too much prosperity can slay a person. And too much suffering can slay a person. So he uses these things, prosperity as well as suffering, uh, to cause us to uh, go astray and to forsake or abandon God. Let's take a look at Job's life here. We went over it many times, but we still have to go over it again, time after time, and we have to have a a, a refresher's course. That although we've been through this Bible many times, many passages, many scripture we read, but you know you got to uh, uh, regurgitate them up from time to time. You got to bring them back up uh, uh, to remember them and remind ourselves. Uh, of what God said. Remember, Peter said, I, I want to put you in remembrance of these things. Although you know them, you know them, but every now and then you need to be reminded. Am I right? Of what God said. Remind me, Lord. Sometimes I forget. Remind us, Lord, because sometimes we forget. And that's what preaching is all about. Don't say, well, I read that before, but you still need to be reminded because sometimes the things you're going through, you, you forget what you read. If you remember how God brought the children of Israel out, you can also remember how when you get in trouble, he'll bring you out. So let's not forget. Let's not forget the example that the Lord has given us that we can always look back on. Amen. And that can give us a hope uh, and some consolation. Job chapter one. Uh, well, let's see. Verse one, and then I'm going to come down. To verse number six. Uh, there was a man in the land of Oz, uh, Oz, who name was Job. So we got this person's identity here. He got his name. He was Job. And a little something about Job. And that man was uh, complete. He was perfect. And he was upright. Uh, and one that fears God and issue evil. So Job was a good man living in the land of us. And Job was, he was upright and uh, he feared the Lord and he hated evil, had nothing to do with evil. Oh, if people today would just take uh, a, a little liking uh, to brother Job, he, he, he issue evil. He just didn't 
uh, like anything that uh, didn't have anything to do with anything that was evil. And that should be you and I. If, if it's evil in there, we shouldn't have anything to do with it. That makes sense. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Amen. If it's evil, if it's wrong, if it's not right, Job just hated that kind of stuff. He was that kind of man. We should we should be like Job also. So we fear God and he shunned evil, didn't want to have anything to do with it. But look down at verse number six, where we're going. Verse number six said, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Uh, and Satan came also among them. Amen. God's children come. We came today. We're here today. You and I, we're here today. We came to church today. And those of you listening by uh, media, uh, you you in church with us on today too. You're just not here in our presence, but we all spiritually, we in service right now. You in service with me by listening and uh, uh, patiently, attentively, you in service on this morning. So they came together to present themselves before the Lord. And, and the scripture said, and Satan came among them why did satan come to church he came what what do you come for uh you you want to uh get yourself together you want to be saved no the devil don't want to be saved he'll he'll forever be satan there's there's no you know there's no hope for him ever uh turning his life around he is he is who he is and uh, he has that name, that reputation to live up to. There's no change and there's no hope for him. Uh, his destiny is set and, uh, and there's no change. And he never, never can go back and uh, change who he is. So Satan came among them. But notice verse number seven said, And the Lord said unto Satan, I often, I often wondered within myself, the Lord said unto Satan, whence cometh thou? So uh, I looked at this in another translation and it said, and the Lord said, said to Satan, uh, where are you come from? Where, where are you coming from? The children of God have come together. The sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also. And, and the Lord told Satan, he said, where you come from? That's a good question. I often wonder uh, why the Lord even bothered to have that conversation with him. Somebody said, ignore the devil. But 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 the Lord had that conversation. He said, Satan, where you come from? Uh-huh. That's what he said. Where you come from? Where you been? What you up to? And you know, he always up to something. We sing this song, God is up to something. The devil is up to something too. And so he said, Satan, where's coming thou? And the Lord said unto him, Satan, uh, 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 uh. Uh, the, uh, I said, all right, let me see. And, and the Lord said, Satan, when's coming down? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Yeah, that's what Satan said. From going to and fro in the earth and looking up and down in it and walking up and down in it. Now, I looked at another translation of when the Satan answered the Lord, when's coming out, Satan said, I came from uh, patrolling, patrolling the earth, patrolling the earth. That's what he does. He's on patrol. You know, like, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Officer, they patrolling, they watching, watching this area. Satan is on patrol. We think that owners of security guard is on patrol. He he watching Walmart's parking lot, uh, watching the stores, watching the customer come in and out. We have to have security nowadays. You know, nowadays security is very very important. Y'all know that at stores is 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 unsafe going to. The supermarkets is unsafe coming from the supermarket to your uh, automobile. It's just unsafe everywhere nowadays. And so security is very, very important. Thank God for it. We have to have security even uh, at school now. They go into schools and they hurt the children on the jobs. They hurt people. And and and, and, and we as church folk, we have to wisen up and get smart. We need security now at the church house. Because people will uh, come inside the church and try to cut up, uh, 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 rob the church. Churches have gotten robbed. While they were in the midst of their sermons and in the midst of service going on, 
uh, the devil have came in and, and tried to disrupt things. And uh, one particular preacher we heard about, I think he was in New York City, the one that wore all the jewelry uh, and, 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 you know, in the bling bling, uh, a man came up there and robbed him and took his jewelry, took his money and went back out. And so we have to have security even at church. Yeah. And we as church folk got to think along those lines. Sometimes we think, well, this is the house of God and, and uh, we don't need no security. We got to stop thinking like that, y'all. We need security. People will come in here and, uh, and try to take advantage of us. Uh, God's people because uh, uh, the devil is just so busy. So the devil told the Lord, he said, I, I came from uh, uh, patrolling the earth, patrolling up and down, patrolling, patrolling. And I thank God we have security around here. Don't y'all think we don't have no security? You don't see it. You don't know where it is, but we, we got security. We, we, we got something for the devil, y'all. You rest assured we got something for him. Okay, so I want you to know if we come to church here, uh, uh, we are we we are aware that the devil come to churches, and I know how a lot of church folk feel about guns and weapons and everything, uh, but now that's kind of st- uh, the you, the devil is so busy. I'm gonna tell you something. You know, uh, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. Me and my coworker, we was talking before we left out, leaving, going to do our thing in the morning. Uh, and we were talking about how bad things are. People robbing stores, busting up in stores, and robbing uh, 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 this and that. I, my neighbor told me the other day, his wife, she's in the hospital. Oh, he's not here this morning. She's in the hospital right up the street from us. And as he was in the hospital with her, uh, somebody broke in his truck and stole things. And other people experiencing stuff. You know, uh, the devil is just busy. And so, uh, you know, there's only one thing that the devil understands, and sometimes the church people have a problem with it. The devil, devil don't understand prayer. He don't understand you being nice and kind. You, 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 somebody, you got to, you got to show the devil that you mean business, and sometimes you got to meet him with what you come, what he come at you with. Sometimes we as church folks and innocent people, we're like sitting ducks. We're like sitting ducks. When the devil has a weapon, and the church of God don't have anything but their hands in prayer. And so uh, we have to wise up, wise up to be able to uh, meet the devil with what he got. I heard a man on radio say, the, the, uh, uh, this guy, he was, uh, I listened to him every Saturday in the morning, his talk show. He's a police officer and uh, uh, full time and do a talk show on Saturday. And he was saying people shooting at the police. And, and when they shoot the police, uh, when the police shoot back, the family, oh, he shouldn't have killed him. He was a good boy. And I'm going this way, but I'm coming back. And he was a good boy. All, all of a sudden, he's a good boy. Now, when he shoot at the police and the police shoot back, and uh, the community is getting upraged, but when they shoot a police officer, we said, well, he was a good officer, and uh, uh, he was a veteran, and we thank him for his service, but he gone. You know, that's all we got for them. But when they shoot back and hurt these people that our family and our relative, the community is up in an uprage and just, just, just been all out of shape. But these devils are busy and they're real and they deserve what they get. Anyway, long story short, this police officer said, if he shoot at me, I'm going to shoot back at him and I'm not going to miss because that's the way he's trained. And so I was listening to him on yesterday how he said that. He said, if the, if the man shoot at me, I'm going to shoot back at him, and I'm not going to miss. So what he was saying, the devil don't understand nothing, but uh, you got to come at him what he's coming at you with. That makes sense to anybody? I know. Yeah, it, okay, you, you, it makes sense. So they don't understand nothing but, but what they got. And uh, I was watching this video. This guy, uh, three of them broken. There was a home invasion, three of them. Came in this man's house. All three of them had guns, nine millimeter. They were, came through the door. I watching it. Then it came to the hallway. It came to the hallway. The man was in the back room in the hallway, and and he pulled out something sound sound like he was in the military. I mean, bullets were flying everywhere. All three of them went out the door flying because he they was met with what they had, and they got out of there. Actually, they were outgunned, outgunned. 
uh, by what that owner had in his house. They went out the same way they went in. And I mean, they went out in a hurry. So sometimes the devil don't understand nothing but what you what he bring to you. That's all he understands. And he knows most church people are innocent. They are honest. They good. And they, they are, are defenseless, helpless, like a lamb, the sheep. The wolves prey on them. They know the sheep is humble and, 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 and they can easily be devout. That's why they had to have the shepherd boy watch over them to keep the wolf from devouring the prey. And so the wolves look at us and they say, well, they pray and they good. And they honor them church folks. And I can take what they got. The devil don't understand nothing but uh, what he has. And you got to meet him with what he got. All right. Pray for us. Amen. God is good. We do have security at our church. Amen. And we're going to continue to have it. Amen. Because the devil is busy. But look at what I'm saying here. The Lord said to say, where you come from? And say, said, from patrolling the earth, up and down, to and fro, and walking up and down in it. In verse number eight. And the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job? Have you took a look at Job? Have you checked him out? And of course, uh, and, and, and that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, and one that fear God and is sure evil. Have you checked Job out? So the Lord here is uh, bragging on brother Job and, and telling Satan, have you checked him out? And of course, you know, Satan has. And I want to encourage you all this morning and show you something this morning. The devil is checking you out too. Amen. You think the devil haven't checked you out? Amen. Amen. He know all about you. He know your ups, your down, your ins and out and everything there is to know about you. The devil, he'll check you out. He know, he knows your weakness. He knows your, your strength. He knows your desires. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you are struggling with. The devil have checked all of us out. Have you checked out Thomas? You know the devil checked me out. And he checked me from head to toe. He know he knows everything there is to know about me. So he said, Satan said, the Lord said, Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there's none like him? It's good to be bragged upon. Don't it make you feel good when people can say some good words about you? We living in time now, we don't have enough people that's saying kind things about folks. Everybody is, is saying something bad about folks. And uh, we, we need to learn to say good things about people. I learned, I learned something about being kind and being nice. Now, uh, you think about this right here. We're just going to maybe just teach it a little today. It's a little louder too. Think about this, the word kind and the word nice. I noticed the world really... They really, they big on being kind. Y'all be kind. You know, we got to be kind to the unsaved. We got to be kind to the people who uh, are not like we think they ought to be in the Bible. We think of be kind to the LGBTQ people. Be kind to the gays, to the lesbian, to those. Be kind. Okay. Uh, not, not kind, but be nice. That's the word they use. Be nice. And, uh, but I want you to understand this. Nowhere in the Bible do God tell us to be nice. Have you read your Bible? You 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 don't read your Bible, but nowhere in the Bible you will find what God said be nice. Y'all follow me? But it is in the Bible said be kind. And there's a difference in being nice and being kind. See, God teaches us to be kind. Respectful of one or the other. And that's what he wants to do. Be kind and tenderhearted. Respect one another. But he never said be nice. Being nice means to go along with some things. Being nice means don't say nothing about nothing. He never told me to be nice. So he told me to be kind. I know the difference between nice and kind. So therefore I will always be kind. And I encourage you always. Y'all listen to me. Always be kind. Always be kind. Never be rude. Always be kind. But he never said be nice. Because if you be nice, you ain't going to say nothing about nothing. 
and that's a no-no when it comes down to the word of God. So he wants us to be kind, right? So here, the Satan, the Lord says, Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in the land, uh, that he's perfect, he's upright, Job is a good man. But notice verse number 9, and Satan answers the Lord and said, do Job fear you for naught? Job is not the way he is. He's not walking in integrity for nothing. You know, Lord, in other words, hear what the Lord is saying is getting to. In verse number 10, uh, has thou, has thou, has not thou made a hedge about him? Job is this good guy that you are portraying and telling me about because you have a hedge around him. When I looked up this word hedge, it, 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 it meant, in another translation, he said a wall, a wall, a spiritual wall of protection. A spiritual wall. So a, a spiritual a wall, a firewall, you know, around us. So Satan know that God has a, a wall around all of his people. You just think, for instance, yourself, myself, I thank God for the wall that, that God has built around me. There is a wall around each and every one of you all. And this wall is there that Satan uh, will not, uh, can't have a direct access to you. He have somewhat uh, access, but it got to be uh, a permissive will. In other words, if God allow it, he'll let him do that. But you, you, you can only go so far. And I thank God for, the, for that wall, uh, this spiritual wall of fire that's around. Another word said, he said in verse 10, he said, uh, has not thou made a hedge about him, and not, not on him, but in his house, and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand, and his substance is, is increased in the land. So what Satan is saying, uh, you have this wall, a, 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 a spiritual wall of fire built around Job. Okay? And not only that, you are protecting him, you're protecting his land, you're protecting his property and everything that Job had. So when God looks at you and I as an individual, this wall, uh, a spiritual wall of fire that has built around us is for my protection and for the protection of everybody that, that, that's in my life. Not only for you, God protects me. And he protects my children. And then he protects your property. You know, God blesses us with certain possession. God protects our home. Somebody said, Lord, I thank you for watching over my home. Because if he don't give us protection for the home, then we can be violated. Thieves can come in and take our things. They can come in and destroy our things or, or, or just cause us all kind of trouble with our property. Because the Lord has, has blessed you and I and his people with the, the, the have substance. And the, and the enemy is all about taking our substance that the Lord has blessed us to have. I'm not making sense in. So he said, you have, uh, you blessed this, you blessed him, uh, Lord. He said, thou has made a hedge about him and about his house. You got a hedge around his house. Somebody said, Lord, I thank you for the hedge around my house. I thank you for the hedge that's around my cars, my automobiles, my lawnmowers, my tractors, my, my weed eaters, and everything that I got. Because the devil will come and steal my equipment. So I thank him for not only just watching over me when I go up to Walmart, just watching over me when I go to Kroger, when I go to work, when I'm out here in these streets where folks now wants to run people down or to see them walking up and down the street, across the street, they think it's a game or a joke or something going on, or just run over innocent people. So I thank God for the hedge. The hedge that's around you and I. I. I appreciate that. And I know you do too. Thank God for the hedge. So Satan said, Lord, you have blessed this house. You got the hedge around the house. And about all that he has. Think about what you got. There's a firewall around the things you got. And, on, and then he said, and on every side. Not just around it, on every side. Y'all follow what I'm saying? This is, this is the protection of God for
for us. It's, it's called God provision, God providing for us, and the security of God. I thank him for that, that God had put that around us in his own every side. Now, notice, let's go a little bit further. Uh, verse number uh, 11 said, But put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to thy face. And so now the devil think that Job was actually serving God Almighty, accusing accusing Job for, uh, of serving God Almighty because he got a little money in the bank. He has a nice home. He got a nice car. You know, they drove camels back then, so that was his ride. So he got a nice car. He got a decent family. And you know, the Job is, Job, in other words, Job is doing all right. So Satan is saying, does Job is serving you because you are paying him. When I looked in the other translation, it said, he's serving you because you are paying him well. Brothers and sisters, I am not serving God today because he is paying me well. God do not want us to serve him because he's taking care of you well. If you do it because of substance, then it's not out of love. It has to be out, rooted out of love that we serve. Even if I didn't have these things, I still will love God because eternal life belongs to him. Now, everybody may not be able to be blessed to, to have substance, but everybody's entitled to eternal life if you give your life to Jesus. Now, substance are on this side of life. Eternal life is on the other side. We all looking forward to that. And substance, uh, 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 eternal life is far greater than any of the substance that we can ever have on this side. Y'all follow me? Eternal life is worth more than that. Something will go away. Something will deteriorate. It will rot. It will decay. Men can take them. This is why Jesus said, lay up treasures where? In heaven where thieves and robbers can't break in and steal. Thank you, Lord. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I had stuff taken from me. And I had to get that stuff all over again. And so, uh, so eternal life is greater than any substance that you and I will ever come in uh, uh, contact with or be able to be possessed uh, uh, or possess. Substance is less than eternal life. And so, therefore, uh, the, biggest, big, uh, uh, the big thing here is we need to put more focus on eternal life than on substance. Well, sometimes it seems like the world has it the other way around. They put more focus on substance than on eternal life. But, my brothers and sisters, we're going to get it right. Eternal life is really what you want. I've known some people, they, they may die poor. They may not have much. But, but but they have Jesus. In, 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 in the next world, they have life eternal. And I know they would much rather have that than to have substance in this life and uh, miss out on eternal life. Remember the words of our, our Lord. He said, what does it profit a man to what? Gain the whole world and lose his soul? So he's telling us, put our priorities in the right perspective, we got to understand eternal life is the greatest thing that a man could ever have or inherit. That's the greatest. And so he said, Job said, uh, 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 Satan said right here to the Lord, he said, now put forth thy hand to him. If you take your hands off the substance that you gave him, I, I show you that Job will forsake you. He will curse you to your faith. Will, will we, if, if God calls us to, to become dirt poor, will we stop serving him? And see, the Satan understand that suffering, suffering caused people to make a decision. He know that. People are suffering and they, they make decision in suffering. That why, that's why he loved to bring sickness upon people. He loved to see people in suffering because he feel like in suffering I can get Joe to betray you. In suffering I can get Thomas to betray you. Yes, I have suffered. I've suffered a lot. And even in my suffering, I still say, Lord, I trust you. And that's the word, that's the point that God trying to get all of us to come to, that even in suffering, even in like, not, and, and, and I'm not talking about L-I-K-E, I'm talking about in like, like, L-A-C-K, liking the things that, uh, like the things that we really need in life sometimes, at a whatever, a given uh, 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 point of time. 
So in, in, in lack, uh, I never abandoned God or turned my back on God because I don't have certain things. Because the Bible said life does not consist uh, in the abundance of uh, 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 man's life does not consist in the abundance of a thing that he possesses. So it's, it's, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's more than the material thing. They're nice, but life is more than that. It don't consist in the, in the abundance of a thing that, that we possess. So he said, now, if you if you would touch his substance, I'll make him curse you to your face. There's something to think about. You all think about that. Are you my friend just because I give you money? Are you my friend because I can take you out of wine and dine you? Are you my friend because, you know, uh, I, I'm like that? No. It's not about your money. But we all know that there are friends who will befriend you because they know you like that. Or they know what they can get from you. Or we go out to eat with friends because when we go out to eat, you know he got the ticket. And uh, you, you got to be friends to a person more than just because when we go out to eat, he, he'll, pay, he'll, he'll take the ticket and pay for everybody dinner. And so sometimes people have had friends like that. And sometimes their friends have woke up and realized that, hey, man, they just hang with me because I got the bill. That's not true friends. A true friend, he's he, they with you through thick and thin, up and down, and you know the good time, the bad time, the hard time. A, a friend, a real friend, with you at all times. That makes sense in the Bible. And so, so here, what Satan is really accusing Job of, he's really he's lying. Job was not serving God for what he had. Yeah, he had some things, but Job was not serving God because he, he possessed these things. Job was serving the Lord because he really loved God. And so when you look at the end of the story, even Job's wife some, saw Job losing what he had. When things start slipping away from you, people want to come to you and say, hey, uh, you everything all right? Is everything all right? You been messing up? How come when you start losing things, you messing up? How come when things start uh, not going well with you, you 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 you've been doing some wrong? That's that's not always the case. Sometimes that is the case, but that's not always the case. With Brother Joel, this was not the case. He was losing things, but it had not not it didn't have anything to do with his integrity nor the way that he was living before God. So sometimes people think that uh, prosperity is gain. You know, but godliness is gain is not. Uh, 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 that, I mean that that um, I said it wrong. I said it backwards. Sometimes people think that that gain is godliness, but it's not. It's really not. It's really not. Gain is not godliness. You looking good and you looking prosperous, but you you could not have God in your life. Am I making sense? And so this is what the Satan is accusing Job. Job, you serving God because he's taking care of you, man. And when a, when a man find out that a woman is just with him because of the things that he has, then that, that makes a man unhappy. Uh, or a woman the same way. If, a, if, if he's, he's with a woman because of, uh, of what she has, it, it, it makes her feel uh, some, some kind of way. So we, we need to learn to, to be with each other and be around people and be friends to people because of who they are. Not what they possess, who they are. Not what they possess. Notice what verse number 12 said. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Job went from the presence of the Lord, and he went to work on brother Job. He went from God gave him permission to work on Job. You, you, you said Job serving me because I blessed him like that. Okay, you have my permission to work on Job. So God went to work on Job. You know what? Sometimes God will allow Satan to go to work with you. To go to work uh, on you in your life and, 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 cause, and cause things to, to go wrong. So because Satan, yet even what we have to realize that Satan understands in suffering, people will sometimes make bad decisions. They, 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 sometimes they will uh, 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 make the wrong decision in suffering. How many times we've seen people suffering and we walked off and abandoned them? But a true friend will hang on in there. Y'all listening to me? 
Because a man is going through a hard time, there's, there's no reason to abandon him. There's no reason to uh, say, well, I don't know what's going on there, man. It look like the ship is sinking. I'm going to get off. Everybody want to get out the ship because it looks like the boat is sinking. Praise the Lord, somebody. And so here we see that the devil is on patrol. And uh, God has put this protection around Job his property, and all that he has, a spiritual wall of fire. Now, he went to work. All right, now look at uh, uh, another scripture I want to go to in the New Testament, Peter. Peter talks along the same line. I want to go there. We're going we're gonna to bring it on in in a minute here. Now, First Peter, the first chapter, check this out. First Peter, chapter 5, and verse number 8. Even Peter knows this. He said, be watchful, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, even Brother Peter understand that, understands this thing right here. He said, now, uh, my topic is we do have an adversary. That's very important. But be sober. We got to be a clear-minded Think sober. Be be vigilant. That means watchful. And, and, and for some reason or other, nowadays, God's people is just not watching. You know, the Lord said watch as well to pray. Y'all got to be watching, watching, always watching. Be vigilant. Be watchful because your adversary, the devil, and he is a, a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, when I looked up this word, Satan as a roaring lion, uh, uh, I, I came up with this right here. Satan yet as a roaring lion, he remains a threat to believers. Y'all know that? He's a roaring lion. Satan, we do have an enemy. Satan is a threat to all of us. Satan is a threat to me. Satan is a threat to you, to all believers in Christ. Satan, yet as a roaring lion, he remained a threat to believer, and he seeks to destroy them. He is a threat. You know, we hear that word a lot going on now. It's been, it's been floating and circulating a lot around in politics now when you say certain people are a threat. You know, and, 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 and these kind of folks right here, they are a threat to us. They are a threat to what we're trying to do. They are a threat to the country. They are a threat to the nation. They are a threat to the world. And there are certain people in the world who are a threat. Terror, terrorists, terrorists. People that come out and want to blow up everything, kill everybody, take folks' life. These people are a threat to our freedom. They are a threat to us having our liberty, being able to go where we want to go. So terrorist people, they need to be put away, locked up, because they are a threat to people on planet Earth. We can't go where we want to go, can't do what we want to do. So there are people in, in this world who are actually a threat to us. But we, but we still have to do what we have to do. And so I want you to understand that I said that so you understand a threat. Satan, Satan is a threat to every Christian, every boy, every girl. Satan is a threat to you. He seeks to destroy you. And the way he seeks to destroy you, especially through the experience of suffering, he will spiritually destroy anyone who abandoned the protection of God. That's what he's trying to bring her to the point. He loved to use suffering. Suffering is one of his key things that he used to destroy us through that. He is a threat. Remember that all the time. Satan is a threat to me. He's a threat to me. He's a threat to you. And he used suffering. He loved to use that. Can I make this man get sick? Can I cause him to lose his membership? What would he do? Would he, would he keep on? Would he keep preaching to the faith of few like he preached to the church when it was full? Uh, when the money was coming in, would he continue on doing what he's doing? And so Satan used these things, these taxes to destroy you, to cause you to abandon, to abandon the protection of God. Well, just a few of us, man, I'm not going to get up there and preach hard today. It's just a few folks of us up in here. I'm not going to preach like that. He used those things to destroy you spiritually. We can't allow that to happen. You, a pastor, need to get up and preach to two, three folk like he preaching to a hundred. 
Y'all follow what I'm saying? Because Satan will use that as a threat to destroy him. Well, it's just a few of us in here. I ain't going to put it out there like that. I'm not going to go like that. And he'll use those things in your life. It's just, we having a program, just a few of us here. Well, well, uh, I, I ain't going to sing. It's just a few. I want everybody to hear me sing. I want, the, I want, I, I need a bigger audience there. I used to follow a lot of quartet singers going here and there, singing old places and stuff. When our younger days, me and Sister Johnson, Jack, the children, they were going to these concerts and stuff. And I was at one particular concert at this big church right there on uh, South Parkway. I think the name of it was uh, Purdy Gates. Right there, South Parkway in Lauderdale. And the mighty clouds of joy was coming to the sing, and the uh, Jackson Southerners. I love them boys. But when the Jackson Southerners came there, it, it wasn't a sellout crowd. When the, 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 the mighty clouds of joy, they came out, Jolie gone, and they sang their song, they did, and they went on. And the Jackson Southerners, when they came out and they saw the crowd, they wouldn't sing. And the, uh, 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 the man that was over the program, I can't think of them for names for fail me now. Anyway, uh, he begged him, oh, man, y'all, come on, man, sing. They refused to sing to the crowd because this crowd was small. And they got back in their van. You know, they woke them big old coach, them big old, you know, big old what you call them things, uh, big coach vans that they all, the whole group be on. And they loaded their stuff back up and they went back to Jackson, Tennessee. They wouldn't sing because the crowd was small. And so what I'm saying is right here, Satan used things like that, like this, to discourage us, to turn us around, and, 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 and just cause us to abandon God. So what I'm saying, any pastor, if he is a true man of God, he will preach to one member. I heard a pastor the other day, and to this day, this pastor got thousands of members. He said, I preached to one member, and she was a woman. He said, I preached to one woman for 10 years. And I said, Lord, I don't know how you did that, but he said that. He said, I preached to one woman for 10 years. And the Lord blessed his church. Now this man got 34,000 members. And he said, it wasn't nothing but a test that he went through. Preached to one member for 10 years? My goodness. What a test. And now, now, now I'm saying this man has churches all over the world. He's an overseer of churches all over the world. When I heard that, it just blew me away, blew my mind. So Satan uses suffering. He uses suffering uh, to destroy us spiritually. And we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't give in to the devil. So notice what it said in verse number, number 8, 5 and 8. For behold, Satan, as a, uh, uh, he because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to destroy you. We do have an enemy. His job is to destroy you spiritually. Ruin you. Get you out of God. Get you out of church. Give up on God. Go back on God. Go on back out in the world. The plan is to destroy a man spiritually. I can't let that happen. You can't allow that to happen. Stay who you are if you have to stay by yourself. Serve God and walk with God if you got to pray alone. We say to someone, I go if I have to go by myself. You listen to what you're saying now. Lord, I go if I have to go by myself. Send me, Jesus, I go. You're saying something. You're saying something now. But in reality, we have to, we have to be able to live that. Will we go, we have to go by ourselves. Everybody need company. Company is good. You know, you're going on a trip somewhere. Ain't nothing like talking to somebody as you riding and traveling. We, we need company. We need friends. It just makes the journey worthwhile. Every time we go on vacation, a lot of times uh, Sister Johnson want to go on vacation. She says, just, let's just me and you go. And I said, well, I like to go on vacation with other people. So we all a big group, and when we go there, we're a group. We go here, and we do this. We do it as a group. But when you're by yourself, you're, 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 just, you're just easy to, it's, it's more vulnerable. You can be attacked or somebody can rob you or hold you up or do something to you. You're just and crazy. But if it's 10 to 15 of us, we all going on here to look at the, look at, to the zoo to look and see what they're doing and see our cousin, you know, the animals in there. It's, it's, it's more fun to me. I, I, I see it that way. It's more fun to me, and I feel more secure when around more people than just one or two. 
Am I making sense to somebody? Ain't nobody getting this but me. Okay, y'all get it. And so, uh, and so, it's good to have company. Even in church service, uh, uh, we can have church, we can praise the Lord, and we can have a good time up in here. It's just a few of us, but, but, but look, company just make the service much, much better. Am I right? When it's more than, uh, than, than just two or three, uh, it, it just make church more exciting. And I'm not going to say it's not church because of two or three. Because Jesus said if two or three are there, I am in the midst. And that, that's worthwhile. That's worth everything than to have more than two or three in Jesus not in the midst. So we need to learn to have church with two or three. We're going to learn to have church when the house is full. Am I making sense today? Amen. I'm not going to let the devil defeat us off that out of anything like that. Oh, uh, uh, so we didn't have, sir. Somebody asked y'all today, how was, sir? Well, it was good. It was good. It ain't good because the house was full. It was good because I was there and Jesus was there. That's why it was good. Uh, that makes sense in the Bible. Amen. So we do have an enemy, and we must remember that. So uh, our adversary uh, is Satan as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Let me go just a little bit further. I want to show you this wall of protection where I thank God for. We know we have an enemy, but I, let me let me just take a look at this this protection that we have. Uh, and look at the book of Zechariah. 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 The Old Testament scripture. Zechariah, the second chapter. Here, God is showing the people of, of Israel, the people of God, that it, New Jerusalem, this that that this God, this God is going to bring down from heaven. Amen. This new city is going to be a city without walls. God do believe in walls, but God is showing uh, Israel here during the millennium time that He said in in in, in Zechariah the second chapter, verse number five. He said, "For I said the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about." And so God is going to be our defense round about us. It's going to be a spiritual wall of fire, and and and, and we'll be the glory in the midst of it. God Himself is going to be our protection. God going to build this wall around His people. So Jerusalem actually it it, it was a city that built on a hill, and it had a wall built all the way around Jerusalem and the walls were there for the protection of the people of Israel God always put that protection around his people so he said now in the new millennium and the new Jerusalem we're not going to build walls with stones and bricks and stuff like that and mortar we're not going to be that kind of wall the Lord said I'm going to be a wall around them a wall of fire and I thank God that God is all around everywhere you go brothers up and down the streets and highways remember this one thing that Jesus is with you everywhere you go he is that wall of fire, that wall of protection all around, everywhere I go, I'm under the protection of God. And Lord, I thank you today for that. Amen. Devil can't get to you unless God allow it. Can't get through this wall. Devil love to get through that, but there's so many, there are so many people of God that the enemy have broken through that wall that God had put around us and the devil have gotten next to some of God's people, but he can only get to you and get through the wall and get through you only one way he can get through. And that is that you abandon the protection of God. See, we have this wall of protection around us, but if you get outside of that wall, outside of the protection of God, then Satan has access to you. And this is why we got the, the Bible said, walk in the spirit. When you stop walking in the spirit, then that wall of protection is not there for you anymore. You got to stay in the spirit, y'all. Stay in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Sing in the spirit. Talk. Stay in the spirit. It's very important. Stay in the spirit. I thank God for standing in the spirit. When you're in the spirit, that wall is around you. Satan can't get to you. But as soon as you get out of the spirit, that wall of protection is not there. Then the enemy will come in and then he will try to destroy your life spiritually. We got to always walk in the spirit. I thank God for walking in the spirit. Stay in the spirit, y'all. So he told Israel, he said, he said, now in the millennium, the new millennium, you know, when Jesus come and the Antichrist would get through doing all that stuff right there, when we get to that new city, uh, New Jerusalem, Jesus said, there will be a wall, but that wall going to be me. I'm going to be that wall. I, for I said the Lord will be unto her 
a wall of fire round about and and then I will be the glory in the midst of her God right now is the glory in the midst of her so I thank God for Jesus being my wall of protection right now Although, although Satan knew that Jesus, uh, uh, God had their heads around Job. Yes, God got a heads around Job. God had the heads around, not only has God got a heads around Job, God has a heads around every one of his children today. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. I, I appreciate that, Lord, for that heads around us. And I want to stay around us. Let's go just a little bit further. Now, look at the, the word of the Lord in the book of Romans. I'm almost done. I'm going to let you go with this one right here. Romans, the uh, eighth chapter. Here he's talking about, you know, we have talked from time to time about intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer and Jesus Christ being our advocate. Okay. He's our advocate and intercessory prayer. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit right now, and that's why Jesus said, I, when I go, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm, and that comforter is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor while we are on earth right now. But Jesus Christ is in heaven. He's our advocate. These two are working together. The Holy Spirit within us and Jesus, uh, our advocate in heaven, they're working on our behalf. To, to, and he goes to God for you. I want to show you something right here in Romans, the eighth chapter, and take a look at uh, verse number. Let's see. Let's go to this right here. Uh, uh, we're looking for 25, and then we're going to go to 26, 27 down, and then we're going to skip down a little. I'm going to show you something. Uh, verse number 25 said, For if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So when you're hoping for something that you can't see, you, you, you got an you got expectation, some things that you really want to happen. You, you can't see it, though, but I'm hoping for it, hoping for a, a, a new dress, hoping for a new home, a new car, hoping for a husband, or hoping for a wife or hoping that uh, for uh, that maybe one day we can have a baby. We're trying to have a baby, uh, uh, just hoping for something in life, but you can't see it. Seems like it's not happening. But if we if we see, if we see that this is what the Lord is saying, for if we have hope for the thing we see not, then do we with patience hope for it. In verse number uh 26 says, likewise the spirit also help our infirmities. Y'all see that? The spirit help our infirmities. Now, when, when, I, when I looked at verse number 20, it said, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. This is very key, very, very important. The spirit, somebody said the spirit. spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. The, the likewise, the spirit helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make an intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. And what this particular verse means that the Holy Spirit helps our infirmity. The Holy Spirit help us with our troubles. Whatever you're going through in life, whatever your troubles are, the Holy Spirit is sent to help you with those troubles. Lord, help me with my problems. No matter whatever, whatever, what your problem might be, the Holy Spirit make intercession. The Holy Spirit is praying for you that you might overcome and get through whatever the problem might be. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Yes. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that he has given to us and is at work in us. And that word infirmities mean problems. And we all, listen, we all have problems. You have problems. I have problems. We all have problems. I was talking with a lady last night, and she was sharing me, with me her problems. And she do have problems. And it's very, very important. This is why it's so important that all of us be spirit-filled. All of God's people, all of you Christian brothers and sisters of saints, whatever we call by saints, Christian, whatever, believer, it's very important that you be a, a spirit-filled believer. Amen. Because if you're being a spirit-filled believer, then the Bible said the spirit will help us with our infirmity. The spirit will help me with my problem. Whatever I'm going through with, the spirit will help me get through it. And we all got 
problem. So my, my, my question, my answer to the question uh, for, that people have today, and this lady asked me, she said, do your church deal with uh, the issues of life? I said, babe, that's a good question. All churches don't deal with the issues of life. They don't. I said, do our church deal with the issues of life? Yes. Yes. I believe very strongly in dealing with the issues of life. Nobody wants to go to church and go back home like they left, like they came. You follow what I'm saying? Who wants to go to church and go back home feeling the same way? When you go to church, you need to, you need to go back home feeling relief. Feeling that I, I, I got in contact with God. I praise the Lord a little bit today. I worship the Lord a little bit today. I feel all right. You shouldn't go back home feeling the same way you came. Amen. That makes sense in the Bible. So if the church is not meeting our needs, the needs of the day, then it, it, it's failing to do the job that God sent the church, set it up to do. So church has got to be relevant. We got to touch on every issue, every topic, every title, whatever the problem is, the church needs to deal with it. And don't be quiet. That's right. Amen. the church of Jesus Christ. And so here the Lord said through Paul, he said, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmity. The spirit helps our uh, problem, whatever we're dealing with. For we know not what to pray for. Sometimes I don't know what to pray for. So I get down there and do the best I can in my prayers yes. Yes. in asking God for things. Mm -hmm. But the Spirit is praying also. The Spirit is saying, uh, Father God in heaven, help Thomas with his struggles. Father God in heaven, uh, touch his body today. Father, the, the Spirit is doing that for me. I pray the best I can. And so I thank God for the spirit praying for you. And we need to learn the, the words and the power of prayer. You know, prayer is so important. You know, you can tell one thing I like about one thing I like about uh, intercessory prayer that the spirit does. And Jesus Christ being our advocate and going to God for us is when you tell God about your problems. When you tell God about your problem, intercessory prayer is very important, but. He won't tell nobody else. Amen. See, you you can tell somebody about your problems and what you're going through, and then your business will get out. But the Holy Spirit, we can go to him. And when I look at this word intercessory, when I look at this word advocate, it's, it's, it's equivalent to the same thing as an attorney. So Jesus is like in the spirit realm, Jesus is our attorney that represents us in the presence of God. If you have an attorney and you go to go to court, the attorney's job is to represent you before the judge and the jury. And the attorney's job is really is to get you off. His job is really to, to, to get the sentence that, that, that they have pronounced on you to get a, a, a not guilty verdict. That's, that's the attorney's job that set me free, that I might not be charged, that I won't go to prison, you know, that I won't be sentenced to anything. That's the job of my attorney. So the job of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is to go to God for Thomas and talk to God for Thomas that God will forgive me of all my sin and that I will not be guilty, that I will be found innocent in the eyes of God. Yes, amen. That's, that's, that's my attorney's job. That's that my intercessor and my advocate job. That he represent me. And, and you know what something else about attorney? Y'all heard this phrase, this, this saying about, uh, 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 let me see, attorney-client privilege. Y'all heard that? Attorney-client privilege. That's what Jesus is. In the natural realm in the world, they got this thing called, in law, it's, it's, it's an attorney-client privilege. In other words, what he's saying is, you confess whatever you did to your attorney. Even if you're guilty, if you killed a man, you hired him to represent you and he take the case. He's going to ask you, I'm going to represent you. But did you do it? You can tell him, yes, I did it. I didn't mean to kill him, but I did it. The uh, attorney client privileges, the way the law work, that attorney will never confess to the judge nor the court that you did it. He will go to work to defend you and get you off. That's a client privilege 
that's an attorney-client privilege thing clause. And that that's the way it works. Any lawyer that takes your case, if they if he's accepted and 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 and, and you have this clause where it's their attorney client privilege, uh, 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 they, he will not he will not prove you guilty. His job is to prove that you're innocent. And so Jesus Christ here, Jesus Christ is our attorney client privilege. That's why the old folks said you can go to God in prayer. You can tell him things. You can say things to him that I can't say out loud. I can confess all my fault to him and, and with the attorney-client privilege, whatever I tell him, he won't tell nobody. But he will still represent me before the father and find me innocent. That's a client, that's attorney-client privileges. Y'all follow what I'm trying to say? And so that's what we have with Jesus being our intercessor, intercessor uh, 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 and, and, and advocate. He go to God for me and represent me, but I got to be truthful and honest with him. For Jesus to represent me before the Father, I got to confess all my sin. That's why he said, confess your fault and he will forgive you all your sin. So if we want Jesus to represent us, we got to tell him things and say things to him that we will not say out loud. If you got a problem, you got to tell Jesus about it. Am I making sense up in here? No matter what your problem is, no matter what your weakness are, if you did, you got to tell Jesus. If you are something that you shouldn't be, you got to tell Jesus. I just want you to see it. And so you got to tell him. And when you tell him, he's not going to throw you under the bus. Why? Because that's not what he do. He's going to still represent you before the Father. And we're going to be found righteous. The Bible said we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm righteous because Jesus represented me and went to the Father and pleaded my case. He said, Father, forgive Thomas. He, he, he got some problems. He got some issues. I mean, he messed up big time. But Father, forgive him of all his sins. And the Father said, okay, I forgive him. So here I can walk out free. You can walk free. We are free today because of what Jesus did. If people just understood how Jesus worked and what Jesus, how he worked in our life and what he's all about. Being saved is so easy. All you got to do is tell Jesus. Somebody said, just tell Jesus. All you going to just tell him. He's going to represent you. And he's going to get you off. Y'all see what I'm saying? That's the way salvation works. Just tell Jesus. So here, let me close this out. Let me let you go. All right. And so likewise, the spirit, the spirit also help our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for, for, for we are, but the spirit itself make intercessory for us with pray, with groaning, uh, which cannot be uttered. All right. Now come down to verse number 34. 34 says, who is he? That condemn it. Just tell me, who's that person that will condemn you? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us. So it's Christ who died, and he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's there making intercession for us. Christ is at the right hand of the Father, intercede, my, my power of attorney, my, 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 my attorney that represent me before God Almighty. And believe me, you can't go to God. You remember Jesus said in the word, no man go to the Father but by me. So to get to God, you got to go to Jesus. He, you got to allow him to represent you before God anyway because you can't go to God. It's too sinful, too, too much sin in your life. You, know, you, you just messed up. You can't come and pray. God, God is holy. That's why the Bible says, holy, 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 the Lord God. You can't go to God. Our sin is just too great. Just too great. Even the Bible said, a lie, a liar won't tarry in his sight. And you know we all are lied. Yeah. I can't go in God's presence. He's too holy. Yeah. He's too holy for me to go in his presence. So Jesus, go before God before me. And he does the work. He go, before, he go to God for you, and he does the work. So it, who is he that, that, that condemned? It is Christ who died. Rather, he's living again. He raised again, and, and he's at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us. Lord, I thank you for being my intercessor. I thank you for being my advocate. I thank you for being my attorney that represent me. And so that's why Paul can say, I'm closing the book. That's why Paul can say, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Jesus is representing up. Satan, Satan tried to accuse Job of some things, but yes, Job was represented by God. And he didn't get out of the realm of God. 
So God represented him, and he got that wall of protection around him. You and I got that same protection. We do have an enemy. His name is Satan. I do have a representative, and his name is Jesus Christ our Lord. I got a representative. People need to realize that. We do have a representative, a representative in heaven, and he's Jesus. I accept my representative. I love him. He's my ambassador, and he represents me. And so I never let the devil hold things over my head, my past, my present, whatever it is. I don't let him hold nothing over my head because Jesus represented me, y'all. And, uh, and, 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 and all the charges have been dismissed. So don't you let people make you feel bad about anything. They just don't know how this thing works. Jesus has represented us in all the cases, everything, all the charges has been dropped. Somebody said, case dismissed. Case dismissed. You're a free man. You're a free woman. And Jesus said, whosoever the son set free is what? Don't let nobody hold you back. Don't let nobody hold you down. Give the Lord a hand praise. I'm done. We have an enemy. Yes, we have an enemy. We have an enemy. But we got an advocate too. I got, we got representation, y'all. You all right. You just love you some Jesus. You all right. You'll be fine. All right, God bless you. Ask Sister Jack at this time to come. Amen. And give us our announcement. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.